Hello, welcome to the Lean of Plants podcast. My name is Chelsea, and if you are struggling to lose weight on a plant-based diet, then this podcast is for you. While there are thousands of books, podcasts, and resources about the benefits of a plant-based diet, the reality is that being vegan does not guarantee losing weight. If you are feeling frustrated and confused about where to start, or you know exactly what you should be doing, but you just can't seem to rustle up enough willpower to do it, then keep listening. In this podcast, you'll learn the truth about plant-based weight loss, but just as importantly, how to use proven methods of behavioral change to turn what you know into lifelong habits that lead to getting and staying lean. Can't wait to get started. Let's do this. Hello, hello, welcome to the Lean of Plants podcast. I'm super excited to have you here today and to be talking about my story and going back over how I lost 40 pounds, what kind of things I changed, uh, a little bit of how I went from extreme dieting, feeling like I was a failure, feeling like my body was fighting against me and broken to where I am today, which is maintaining a weight that I never thought possible in my adult life with the amount of food freedom that I had, that I have, that I had, that I have. And I wanted to share this because first and foremost, I always find people's origin stories really interesting because it gives context and hope for what is possible. And I also wanted to share because right now, if I'm really honest, the things that I'm going through or my mental health or how do I say this things feel heavy and so I really want to just talk about coping mechanisms and I love the idea of having a podcast that is very full of hope that is very about the changes that you can make and it's very positive and it's very proactive but I'm also aware that there are a lot of people like me who find their life hard and they have a lot of circumstances which mean that even when things get better, even when you do lose weight, even when you have so much goodness in your life, it still feels like there's a lot of struggle involved in that. Be that mindset, be that genetics, be that chemicals in your brain, whatever. So this is going to be just looking back at what's happened over the past five years and then prior to that as well because I'm I'm very aware that people will look at my life now and they find it inspiring which is kind of crazy because I'm a very I feel like I'm a very ordinary kind of person and for the most part I don't really acknowledge the things that I've I've achieved and I truly believe that if I can make the changes that I have, if I can lose the weight that I that I have, if I can be this person that is now on a podcast where over a million people have listened to me ramble on in a weird Kiwi accent, that if I can do that, then anyone can when they have these frameworks. And so I want this episode to give you hope and bring some authority to the things that I talk about every single week to show, hey, I've actually been here myself and 
it truly is possible no matter what situation you're in no matter how hopeless you feel I've been there and you can get out of it all it is going to take is a few simple frameworks it's going to take being consistent with those things and it is going to take time time is the thing that we really don't like because when you're in it it feels like it is going really really slowly so most of my life I have not had a problem with weight in fact, I've always been or I always was like quite a skinny child and I could eat as much as I wanted. I never thought about losing weight. I got or someone actually looked at me. I think I was like 14, 15 uh, was at an event and someone was someone who did like catwalk modeling. This is kind of embarrassing and it feels weird to say this, but she found me and she said hey like do you want to do this and I went and I did like a couple of like headshots and tried to learn how to do the catwalk and ended up both of us very soon realizing that like this is definitely not the industry for me like I am not even one to put on any kind of makeup or put myself out there in that way did not enjoy it like I was like outside playing and in the mud pretty much and just kind of awkward and not not just not my vibe but the reason I'm telling you that is I was I was just skinny I was skinny and I was lanky and that's what they were looking for and it really wasn't until I was about 16 15 16 that I started putting on I would say that puberty weight gain and the reason for it was because my diet was absolutely crap I remember my best friend and I we we live in a very small town there's not really much to do there but we would go and buy squiggles, which are these lolly candy, I've got to remember where I am, candy filled cookies or biscuits that had chocolate around them. If you're in New Zealand, you know what I mean. Squiggles are like, they're amazing. Haven't had one in many, many years. But we'd buy a whole packet of squiggles. We would buy a huge packet of chips and we'd buy fizzy drinks. And sometimes we'd even buy hot chips. We'd sit at the playground and we just eat it all and then we'd buy a whole lot of other stuff we'd go back to her place walk up the road to her house and then we'd watch movies all night and we'd just we'd eat junk food and I had no concept that that wasn't something that you could do I think most teenagers are kind of the same like they just eat like absolute crap and then you start to put a little bit of weight on I wasn't too concerned about it for Ah, I don't know, like probably like a couple of years. I remember in school just having like a tiny bit of a, like a tummy, like a very, very tiny amount. Like it it just, it definitely wasn't like rock hard abs or anything like that. And I remember as a family, like my mum was really into trying to get us to eat healthy. And she'd pretty much always shown us like how to eat a mostly vegetarian diet like we did have some meat but because we didn't we just didn't have a lot of money growing up we didn't buy meat because it was really expensive we didn't really buy cheese like those kind of things were a real treat for us we're like the weird homeschool powdered milk family like that is me I will claim it and so we are she was really into health and I remember us watching this video about eating one meal a day from fruit because she'd read a book about doing this and I was like I was really on board with it I thought like this was really really cool and I love the idea of it and I, they all look like super fit and just vibrant in this little video that we watched and so I remember packing in my school lunchbox all this 
fruit. I had like kiwi fruit in there. I had some banana. I had some strawberries. I, had, I made this beautiful lunchbox full of food. There was so much food in there. And I so didn't want to eat it when it came to lunchtime. And it just was not appealing to me at all. I did that one day. I was like, this is too hard. I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. But that started off this idea that I had for a very long period of time that I needed to eat a lot of raw and that being the healthiest that you could be was about being a raw food vegan or having a lot of your diet based that way. And so I didn't, I didn't intend, I wasn't really like super intentional about trying to lose weight or anything like that until I was about 19. But I had this idea in my mind that weight loss was based on what you eat. It wasn't about calories. I didn't have any kind of concept of that. And the people that I saw that looked the way that I wanted to look, they always had some kind of way of eating that it looked really hard. It it looked like there was a big barrier to entry. And so being the person that I am, I thought that those people were special. And if I was going to look like them and be like that, then I had to be very strict. I had to be I had to be very exceptional in the way that I eat, which is obviously now I know baloney and it never helped me. When I was 19, I went to Argentina for the first time and I remember I I really wanted to lose weight on that trip and it was a a six-month program that I was in. There was a, a big like sports and adventure focus and so we were doing like quite a bit of exercise and it was also extremely hot and the first day that I got there... I was served up some kind of meat brothy thing and there were some potatoes in there. I didn't really want to eat much because I just felt so hot and drained. And I, I, was, I really have this distinct memory of thinking, this is going to be so good for me because I don't really want to eat much here. That did not end up being the case. Argentinian food is amazing. Argentinian barbecue is next level. I was not vegan at the time. I ate so much ice cream, so much meat, so much bread and everyone, I would say most of the girls on that trip ended up gaining a significant amount of fat and I had this, I had this book that with the one meal raw a day and like a real big focus on raw and whole foods and things like that and I was reading that at the time, it was, it was not really had any concept of how I could implement something like that where I was but I remember someone saying oh you just need to cut out bread so I was trying to not eat as much bread I was trying to eat like smaller portion sizes ended up gaining about 10 kilos on that trip and feeling wildly uncomfortable in my skin because I'd never gained that much weight before and it had definitely never been that fast so I came home and I started to try to eat a whole lot more raw. I got introduced to this idea of being vegan, which was mostly just, I thought, for weight loss. And within about two weeks to a month, I, I went overseas again. I went to Perth, Australia, and I was on a another six-month program. Might have even been four months. I, don't, I can't actually remember. But I remember that I thought this is going to be a clean start for me. I'm going to be able to go in. Nobody knows me and I can reinvent who I am. So the first day that I showed up in my new flat, new country, new people, nobody knows me. I said to everyone I'm vegan and I hadn't been vegan the night before. This was like like the first time. But they didn't bat an eye because 
I mean, they didn't know any different. And they were going to do a McDonald's kind of breakfast the next day. And they were asking me what do I want. And I was and I was just like, well, can I get some fruit? Can I get like some pundits of strawberries? We're in Australia. There's going to be mangoes. It's summer. It was coming into summer. And because I'd set this expectation and this precedent very early that I was not only vegan, but I was extremely health conscious because who else is going to ask for fruit when everyone else is eating pancakes? Then I had this almost like this reputation that I had to hold up. And I was extremely motivated at that time to be losing weight. I think at that point I had actually lost I'd lost like I would say most of the weight that I'd gained when I was in Argentina so I must have been home for much more than a month in order to achieve that but as far as I can recall I was doing a lot of this kind of idea of of raw but in that intensive period when I was in Australia because I really wanted to lose weight I really wanted to look like the fitspo inspo people that I was looking at inspiration people that I was looking at on Tumblr and because I'd set this precedent where that was what people were expecting of me anyway I really went super super hard on it and I didn't I didn't know what to do per se to lose weight I had all of these kind of half-baked ideas about what would work and because like anyone who is desperate to do something when you don't have a framework that you know is going to work you try everything and so I was trying to eat relatively low carb which means that I wasn't really eating bread I told everyone that I was gluten free I didn't tell them I wasn't gluten intolerant I just said like I'm gluten free (laughs) funny because then I go and binge on bread every week Uh, and so I I wasn't given bread because I told people I was gluten-free and I, I was trying to eat low carb. So I would eat a lot of salads and the, the base where I was at, they, they provided a lot of salads. It was great, but I'd have like some sun-dried tomatoes with some lettuce and stuff. And then I didn't want to eat carbs because I thought carbs were bad. And so I'd be, I really wouldn't eat much more than that. Maybe I'm trying to think what I would even eat at lunch maybe like a few a few little bits of baked beans or um, some maybe some roast veggies if I was if I was really thinking like oh like I really just need to have something but a lot of it was really just tons and tons of salads and then in the morning because I wanted to eat like one meal fruit I would be eating one mango with like a little handful of almonds or something like that and I I remember there would be times when I was very hungry in the morning, so I would eat two mangoes and I would feel so bad about it. I'd be like, I can't believe I just ate two mangoes. Like my whole diet is ruined. It was it was really scary and frustrating because I, I just didn't know what I was doing and I it almost all felt like I was failing in some way because I could only keep it up for short periods of time. So I would I would eat like this. I would be super strict. People would people would definitely comment on it, and then I would have these kind of secret binges where I'd get tons of wheat bix, which is this kind of cardboardy New Zealand Australian cereal thing, and I'd put like coconut cream and peanut butter and like mixed berries and and I would just eat bowls and bowls of that, or I would get the bread because we got given bread in our flats because uh, there was a bakery 
that the the base that I was with or the campus I should say was they would give them like day old bread and so all the students would have tons of bread and I didn't because I was quote gluten-free but I would just absolutely binge on bread in those times and eat like like stacks and stacks like I'd make so much toast like four or five pieces of really dense bread and have it with jam and peanut butter and and then just feel absolutely like a a total failure and like I'd ruined everything and I was also trying to count calories I had the basic idea that I wanted to eat about 1500 calories I wasn't super good at tracking it but I'd quite often I'd track a my breakfast and I'd see that it was like 500 calories and I'd feel really really bad for that I was also running so much. I would run about an hour every day. I remember getting up at 5 a.m. pretty much every day, going and running for an hour. And I just had so little energy that those runs were just, they were such a slog. I did not enjoy them. I, I, I really, I wish I could go back and, no, I don't wish I could go back in time. I'm not someone that really regrets things in their life. I tend to look forward more than rather than back. But it's sad to think of 20-year-old me running around this beautiful place that I didn't know and getting halfway up a hill and having to turn back because I was just so low on energy. And that it would affect my entire day. I would have, I would feel faint sometimes when I was going upstairs. So you can obviously see that there's a lot of behaviors in here that are just really, really unhealthy. And I think one of the most unhealthy things was because everything felt incredibly difficult to maintain and it required exceptional amounts of willpower, Bearing in mind that that felt easier because of the expectations that I had set for myself around me, which there's something to learn in that, that when you set expectations, like people, you do have in some ways a commitment device to follow through on them. But I would look at a lot of pictures of very skinny women, like Tumblr was a big thing back then. Uh, If you know what Tumblr is, you probably know what I mean. If not, it's uh, it's essentially like a, a website where it's mostly photos and you can curate a feed just based on photos. Not really like Instagram because you're not really connected to the person who posts it. It's less about the person who posts and it's more about what the photos actually are themselves. And so I would I would look at my thinspo pictures most days because it it motivated me and it it got me thinking like I can do this because that was my goal. I wanted to be skinny. I just I just really, really wanted to be skinny. And I did lose weight. This is the thing. Like I, I actually lost quite a lot of weight, but because I was hungry all the time, because I had very little energy and because it was extremely difficult to maintain, then I I wasn't able to stick with that. And it was coming up to Christmas and I remember just kind of cracking if that makes sense I I remember very distinctly being at this event and there was cheesecake and I was I was just thinking you know what I've lost I've lost all this weight I'm feeling like small I felt I felt like good I think about my body I was in some ways I felt like what I was doing was working I did I didn't feel like I could I could see the results that were happening to my body but I remember thinking, like, I just want to have a little bit of cheesecake. And I, ha- and I had just not allowed myself to do that my entire time that I'd been there. 
And so I had some cheesecake at that event. And then the next couple of days was it was Christmas, it was New Year's, it was all these different things. And I just kept and kept eating. And within a very short period of time, within like a month or so, I had gained most of the weight back and then quite a bit more because my eating style had just changed because what I was doing was not sustainable. And I want to I want to say something here that I think is really important is that even looking back on this, a lot of people are going to say, well, that's an that's an eating disorder. And we could hair split about what that means. And my behaviors were definitely not healthy. They were not something that was going to serve me long term. But I wasn't doing this because I had this idea that I was fat or that I had this idea that It wasn't really like this sense of body dysmorphia, if that makes sense. I wasn't looking at myself and seeing something different to what was actually there. I just wanted to be be slim and I didn't know any other way. And I think that that's important to note because a lot of people feel really guilty for the things that they've tried in order to lose weight. And a lot of the things that most of us have tried would be labeled as really unbalanced, unhealthy behaviors. And and then it makes us really hesitant to try anything that would even remotely be considered dieting because we, it's been labeled as so negative and so unhealthy. And while it was that, my intentions were very pure. My intentions were really just someone who was struggling to understand how things worked. And I want to point that out because this is what happens when you don't have the tools and you don't have the frameworks. You cannot make educated decisions, even if you are a reasonable and logical person, because you do not know what reasonable and logical decisions look like. And so a lot of the time, our efforts and our intensity and our our crazy way of trying to get the way off or trying to make changes in our life are really just because we don't know any different. And I think we have to give ourselves some grace where if we look back on the past and you look back on the things that you've done, you realize that that was because you didn't have the toolkit and it's not because there was something wrong with you. This is important for me because I look back and I'm like, I don't think that there was something wrong with me. I just think I didn't have the right, it wasn't a mindset, it wasn't body dysmorphia, it wasn't all of these things. I just didn't have the tools that I have now. I'm still the same kind of mostly reasonable person and things changed when I understood how this worked. One more thing on this before we move forward is that I really didn't have a social life because I had to go to bed very early, A, because I was getting up at 5am for my hour long run and then B, because I was very tired and lethargic and I was also hungry going to bed because I would eat very, very little at night because I thought, well, you're meant to not eat much at night. And so I would go to bed most of the time, like 8 p.m. I didn't really have any way of building close friendships on that trip because I wasn't really able to interact with people. Most of the students were free in the afternoon well in the evenings or on the weekends and I was going to the farmer's market or I was going to bed or I was doing my runs and I've thought about this a lot since because it's something that feels very scary when you're trying to change your diet and you're thinking about well how is this going to affect my social life and 
truly the reason that things were difficult then was not because I was eating different to anyone else. It was because I was obsessed with food. So it was easier for me to be home and be in bed, asleep, dealing with those hunger pangs. It was so much easier to do that than it was to go out and see people eating like the processed food that they were eating and all the things that I wanted to eat because I wouldn't have been I couldn't concentrate on the people around me because I was just thinking about food and the contrast that I have now is that I can bring my own food with me I can preload before I go I can have a very thriving social life with people that eat differently to me because food is now fuel Food is now about how I feel. It is about giving me a ton of energy. It is about allowing me to live my best life. And so when I'm out with people, because I'm not hungry all the time, I'm not really concerned about what other people are eating most of the time. And well, and at least in a very, very different way. So I think there, there are different things. Just coming back to this realization that I just didn't have those the toolkit. I didn't have those things that I have now. And while some of the things on the surface look very similar, this the way that I eat probably looks extreme to some people. The way that I eat now probably looks unbalanced to some people. The fact that I work out five times a week probably looks like excessive to some people. The fact that I bring food with me, it looks weird to some people. But how it actually is, is worlds apart. So in some ways you have to let go of our associations with certain behaviors and instead examine them for what they truly are that allows us to be open-minded about them and especially if you feel burnt out from dieting I think it's really really important to acknowledge that so I gained a lot of weight back and I felt absolutely crap I felt like a failure I felt like a cheat and I felt like a fraud and part of that was because I came back to that base about two months later having gained a ton of weight and I had gone from this person that people saw as extremely dedicated to now just being in some ways normal and I I I hated it I felt it just felt so I felt just so like I'd failed and it's such a common theme for me because there's so many times that I I tried things and they worked for a short period of time and I, I had so much willpower around them and I was white knuckling it and then I just, I just wasn't sustainable. And then I felt like, well, what is wrong with me? Because obviously other people can do it. These girls that I'm looking at online, like they can do it. So what's wrong with me that I can't? And at that point, I don't know how, but I found Freely, Freely the Banana Girl, another raw thing, eating like fully raw. This wasn't just one day a week. And she was eating these huge portions of food, big smoothies, big big salads with like tons of like fruit and I loved I absolutely love fruit so I thought wow like this is amazing I'm going to try and do it and I was watching all of these YouTube videos and I was working at the time in Australia and I was doing door-to-door sales kind of appointment setting type thing very very stressful commission only and really flipping difficult like dealing with the tons of rejection dealings of tons of, of turnover in, in the work not a good workplace at all and so what I would do is I would eat this big fruit breakfast and I'd juice a whole lot of oranges and I'd, I'd eat some bananas I'd go to the markets and I'd buy all this fruit and I'll stay in this tiny little flat had this little tiny room I don't think there was there was not enough fridge space for me and we're in Australia it's hot 
And so I would put the fruit under my bed in a container and I'd eat it in the morning and then I'd go to work about 3 p.m. And then we'd, we'd work for a couple of hours and then we'd always have a break. They'd pick everyone up in cars that we'd been in the neighborhoods where we'd been knocking on doors. And then we'd go to somewhere like McDonald's and everyone would get ice creams. And I remember just eating ice cream or eating chips or eating sushi or something. Same as what everyone was doing because you just you just needed something. You felt like you needed something to pick you up. And at that point as well, I was drinking like a ton of energy drinks. And I just felt so, I felt so terrible. And I was thinking about this fruit at home and then I'd, I'd get home it would normally be between like nine and ten o'clock and I wouldn't have eaten anything for the last few hours not had a proper meal really since leaving I'd be absolutely famished normally get some kind of takeout on the way home and then sit in my room on my own eat my takeout and smell the fruit that was rotting underneath my bed which sounds so bad but it's just it kind of is what it was and I I remember thinking like I don't know how anyone does this like how is this how is this a real thing like you you would have to have this as your entire life for this to work it it wasn't something that I felt like it was a realistic way to to live but because this person I was following they had washboard abs and they ate so much food I thought well I I, I've got to try it. I've got to. I've got to do it in some way. So I came back home for a period of time. I convinced my mum to go fully raw with me, and I was still running a ton because I really believed that running was going to help me to lose weight. And I did the same cycle. I want to say four or five times where I would travel, and then I would I would try and eat as good as I could but it would always end up being that I would give up like halfway through or maybe even the first week I'd because I wouldn't really understand how I could modify things either so I would almost always be at campuses where I wasn't in control of the food I was eating I didn't know what kind of things to choose based on what was being served there was always a ton of food going around like a ton of temptations and I couldn't eat my perfect diet I couldn't eat a fully raw diet I remember when I went to Korea for the first time and I ended up being there a year, but I was there for nine months actually. I was there for six months initially and I thought that I was going to be able to go and get a ton of fruit and eat a ton of fruit. Turned up and it was incredibly expensive because I was on this little tiny island at the bottom of Korea, Cheju, and I, I couldn't get the foods that I want. So we'd be served up rice and stir fry and... Uh, like a lot of like very traditional Korean dishes, which are not, they're definitely not unhealthy, but they do contain a lot of oil. Like they contain a lot of processed food. Uh, we'd have like fried dumplings occasionally and there's still lots of meat and things like that. And hindsight is great because I would have eaten a whole lot more rice and I would have whole, eaten a whole lot more veggies because veggies were really cheap. But I didn't know the power of veggies at that time. So again, I just, gained weight and I I always had this thought of I don't know how I'm going to keep doing this because I can lose weight when I'm home and the conditions are perfect and we live an hour from the shops and there's no takeout and my mum's doing it with me and I've got access to fruit and I've got access to a blender but then every time that I would leave I, I could never keep the weight off not even maintain my weight I'm talking a lot of gain in a very very short period of time and so I did this yo-yo for years 
I want to say, yeah, well, it really was years up and down consistently. Got home from Korea for the last time and started going out with Nick. And I knew we were going to get married and I was trying to eat super healthy. I wanted to lose some of the weight that I'd gained. And I, I remember doing this raw stint. And I think it was even more extreme than just raw. It was like basically just bananas because that's what the people that I was following were doing. They would do these mono meals where they would eat just one fruit and over the course. I, and I did that for weeks where I was just eating bananas and just eating banana smoothies. The crazy thing when I look back is that my results were never phenomenal. And I, I didn't, ex in some ways I didn't expect them to be because I'd never seen anything different. The only time that I'd had more drastic results when I was absolutely starving myself. And I, I didn't want to do that again. I, I knew that that wasn't something that was sustainable. And I, I just truly didn't have any concept or understanding that there was a different way to lose weight. I didn't have any other influences, which is funny looking back because if something's not really, really working, you'd think that you'd start looking for an alternative. But I think what happens is we, we get married to the idea of something because we like the way that it's portrayed. And then we keep coming back to those things because we think that there's something wrong with us and that we can't do it. What I've since learned, and I apply this to every area of my life, is that if something's not working, then it, I need to change my environment. I need to change my systems. It's not about me being a failure. And now that's, that's a great framework to have because I can look at, well, how do I make things easier for myself? How do I make things more enjoyable? How do I make it the barrier to entry lower so I can actually maintain and stick to it? But very different mindset and understanding of those mechanisms at that point. And because I thought that I was broken in some ways, because I thought I have a sluggish metabolism, coming back to this idea of like, I'm, I, I, I kind of want to be special in some ways. So I thought this about myself. And so it made sense. And it was logical to me that because my situation was unique, I required a unique approach. I required more extreme measures because I was the exception and I would see people who look like me now who eat like me now and I would think they were so lucky and I often think about this because I'm sure there's people who do the same for me I'm sure there is people who they see the amount of potatoes that I eat, that I eat. they see the curries that I eat they see the big salad bowls and the tofu and they see that I do eat chocolate and chips occasionally and I'm, ex I'm convinced that they think that there's something amazing about my metabolism or it's my height or it's something else and that it's just, it's just natural that I'm like this. And I re really, really remember feeling it exactly the same way. And it kind of kills me because there is, I don't think there's anything broken with me, but there's certainly nothing exceptional about me. And it, it's, there's nothing illogical about how I eat. I have a bit more ability to eat more calories now because I'm not trying to lose weight you've got a lot more wiggle room when you're maintaining your weight eating less weight as opposed to trying to lose weight so coming back to the story went raw again before my wedding and was able to lose I would say like enough to feel pretty confident in my wedding dress and then maintain that for quite a few months and 
gained so much weight when I got pregnant and I I really I I really just crumbled during my pregnancy a lot of it was to do with being extremely depressed I didn't want to be pregnant Nick had been diagnosed with MS I felt I felt like I'd failed again like really really common theme and I'm telling you this because I know there's other people out there who feel the same and it's okay you it's it's normal <laughs> it's normal to not have perfect mental health all the time I got you where yeah you you can you can go through so many things you can have so much healing you can go through therapy and you can still have your demons there with you and I'm a real firm believer in Mark Manson's idea and this one of my favorite books is the subtle art of not giving an f and he just talks about making peace in some ways with your negative emotions and this is it's helped me so much because like today for example just having like really just feeling like a failure feeling like I'm having a terrible day feeling like I'm never moving forward in my life I'm not making progress and that I'm always just going to be stuck and then being okay with sitting in that and not trying to alleviate that with anything and being like it's you know what I'm I'm I feel this way and that's okay but at that time because of everything that was going on and because I had hyperemesis which means that you vomit so much throughout your pregnancy that I barely could keep food down so and I had constant constant nausea so I I gave up on veganism I didn't care about being vegan at that point. I didn't really care about anything. I didn't really even want to survive that period. And so I almost lived off McDonald's and chips and anything that I wanted to eat that felt like it wasn't going to make me puke, I would eat and I would normally puke it very soon after. But obviously enough calories slipped their way through that I gained the most weight that I ever had during that pregnancy. And so once my daughter was born, I was about 18 kilos so about 40 pounds heavier than what I am now and not only did I have this small child that constantly needed me my husband was really struggling physically and the trajectory of our lives had totally changed I felt very victimized in my life because I was no longer in control of it which being in control of your life is a is a, f- a false idea anyway but I, I I just really was not in a good place and unfortunately reverted back to thinking that I had to eat fully raw if I was going to lose the weight and exercise a ton. And so that's what I did. I tried to go raw again. I did my biggest raw stint that I'd ever done. I did four months and Nick did an entire year to try and help with his MS, which did not improve his symptoms at all which is very understandable because he's he's on a diagnosis that the progression is constant and steady decline so even if he was to stay the same over the year like that could be considered a good result it's very very hard to tell anyone that says that you're going to cure MS is probably talking about having less relapses or something else who who knows there's not as far as we know, a cure for MS, and I wish there was, but we did that for, he did it a year, I did it for four months, I lost about four kilos in that time, I want to say, maybe a little bit more, maybe like five or six kilos, it definitely wasn't anything super significant, and 
got to I remember going to some kind of vegan festival and absolutely like I was like you know what I'm not going to be raw anymore I, I did my four months I think I was going to do four months or we're, tr- we're going to try and have another baby until I got pregnant and so I got to those four months and or got to I think I think I found out I was pregnant or something and I was I was happy about that this time around and I was just like you know what? it's I'm done and so started just eating like tons and tons of processed food again had this huge relapse I guess you would say because I just didn't I didn't know I didn't I didn't have any middle ground it's a very common theme that you're probably seeing here is that it was always something very extreme something very difficult something that required very specific circumstances or it was nothing like there was not really any kind of in between for me and so I gained so I was at this festival and I was just I was eating all the things I was eating ice cream I was eating Korean bibimbap I was eating tamales I was like man like fried stuff all the all the things which is fine on occasion but just kind of sent me down this route again and same thing with my pregnancy I really was very very sick and so I ate what I felt like I could eat and I barely moved I ate a lot of potato chips I ate a lot of um like mashed what what did I else did I eat what was the kind of things I I ate a lot of oily foods because we were in Thailand for four months of that and I just gained gained back all that weight because I hadn't lost it all between pregnancies either and so after the birth of Morgan who is my youngest and last kid I was at the heaviest weight that I had ever been and at this point Nick had had to quit his job. He couldn't He couldn't do his engineering job anymore. We didn't know what we were going to do in terms of living and trying to make money. And we were staying in this little house about five minutes down the road from my parents in the middle of nowhere. And I just remember thinking, I am desperate to get this way off. I am desperate to lose it. And I cannot do what I have done in the past I knew that something was going to have to change because it was winter I had a newborn I was up a lot in the night I had a small child I had life just felt really really like really really heavy and I was like I can't face having a cold gross smoothie every night for dinner when everyone else is having a cooked meal. I cannot do that again with the circumstances. And I remember none of my clothes fitting. I had to buy all these drawstring shorts because I couldn't fit into any of my old clothes. I bought all these really, really baggy shirts that I could wear with those drawstring pants. I didn't want to wear like any jeans or anything. Even though it was winter, I didn't want to wear anything that was tight around my stomach because I just felt super uncomfortable. I remember bathing with my newborn and trying to avoid the mirror because I didn't want to look and and see myself. And I wanted to take some pictures with my daughter and I wanted my husband to kind of capture some of those moments, but I didn't want to be in any of those photos because every time that I would be in a photo, I would look at it and I would see my double chin. I would see myself as someone that I felt like was trapped. And I just didn't, I didn't recognize her. I didn't, 
she she didn't feel like me it didn't feel like the mostly confident person that I'd been it didn't feel like Charles anymore and I I just felt like this used vessel if you will that motherhood had just almost ruined me and and I wanted to be a good mum and I was trying to be a good mum but I felt like everything that was me had been taken away at that point it was a really dark time and I had a lot of joint pain which was really really frustrating I remember my foot was almost constantly sore and it was because of the extra weight that I was carrying and I remember going for trying to go for a run one time we're trying to do a little bit of exercise and I ran for about 500 meters so like quarter quarter of a mile maybe it's a quarter of a mile third of a mile not very far at all and it was the worst thing ever I was in tears it felt so incredibly difficult because I was carrying so much more weight than what I was used to and so that set me on a path of looking at things in a different way and I remember googling a whole lot of stuff I had I don't even know how I found chef AJ but I found her and I started learning about calorie density. I saw all these demonstrations of the difference between oil and potatoes and how veggies are really low in calories and so you can eat more food and potatoes are really low in calories. And I got really into this uh, idea of a potato reset because I found a group of people who were doing that. And I think the thing that appealed to me at the time was that it was extreme enough where I thought, well, because it's really hard for me to lose weight, because I'd never lost weight fast in the past, and it had always required a lot of exercise and a fully raw diet, or so I thought. And so I, it appealed to me in that way because it was a, it was almost like it was a less extreme version of that. And I remember looking at so many testimonials and Googling so many people and seeing whether they'd continue to lose weight, looking at those transformations, because I really wanted to be sure that it was going to work for me and I remember at one point just realizing that I had to give something a go and that worst case scenario I could just go back and I could try something else but I had to try something different if I was going to get a different result so I bought the potato reset book from Janine Alder which is a great little ebook and I followed that and I wanted to do an entire month because I thought well if I do a month, that's a good amount of time to actually see some genuine results. And I didn't weigh myself over the course of that month, but I took a before picture and then last day of the month, I weighed myself and I took an after picture and or during picture and I'd lost eight pounds, which was the quickest that I had ever lost weight. And the cool thing about it was, is that I, it had all started to make sense over the course of that time because I had been learning more and more about calories and I had a lot, I have a lot of memories of sticking a pumpkin or a squash or a whole heap of veggies or even a whole heap of potatoes onto a little kitchen scales and then looking up my fitness pal and seeing how many calories were in them and then weighing something else like a little muffin or a muesli bar or some nuts or something else and see and contrasting how much calories was in them and I mostly did that to convince myself that I could eat that much like that was the only reason because I was so scared and so I would be eating these I would be eating like tons of potatoes tons of veggies losing weight bringing that food with me and it sounds really extreme but for me at that time it was so much easier than anything else that I'd ever done that it didn't, it felt hard, but it didn't feel as hard. And 
for me, like eight pounds in the first month, like that felt phenomenal. Like that felt like insane weight loss for me because it had taken me like six months or four months to lose that in the past because I was so desperate as well as I was incredibly committed. So people would come and they'd, they'd bring some food and there'd be people eating ice cream and I just got really good at, at, at saying no and bringing food with me. And after that time, after that month was up, I introduced fruit again. I started eating like a little bit of like avocado and a little bit of tahini and like so tiny amounts because I was scared at that point. I just, I knew the science, but I didn't, you sometimes you just don't believe it until you see it for yourself. And so some, and some days I would be like, I would kind of, I wouldn't crack, I would say, but I would go and I'd have some like a rice cracker with jam or I'd have, I used to make these muffins that had, they were oats blended with dates and I put blueberries and some cocoa powder and things and they're probably like 300 calories a muffin and so sometimes I'd have one of those or I'd have like some rice cakes with jam and I remember always thinking like oh no like this is this is this is it my my diet has failed now I'm gonna gain all that weight back and it's gonna halt my progress and it didn't because it was just it was just such a contrast to how I'd always been eating and because I now had built a habit of eating a ton of veggies and eating a ton of potatoes like the majority of my diet I did continue to lose that weight, even though it was much, much slower than it had been during the potato reset, which is normal. You lose weight and you become a smaller person, so you need less calories. Your weight loss is always going to slow. And over time, it all just became very normal where I got used to being comfortable with eating a lot of food. I got used to being comfortable bringing food with me. I got used to saying no to things and having a lot of things I just didn't bring into my home or I didn't buy anymore. I didn't go out to eat. And because it had been such a contrast and because I had seen great results because I was being consistent, it it felt a, a lot easier because I had a lot of contrast. And so now I've maintained that for the past four years with very, very minimal effort, like much less effort than I would even have conceived possible. I'm, I'm fairly consistent with my diet. I eat a lot of potatoes still I eat a ton of vegetables but I do eat bread occasionally I do have I do I do eat like a muffin if it's if Nick's made muffins I do have dessert I do have ice cream I do eat lollies sometimes and so as I was saying it, it's still kind of wild to me that I get to eat like this and maintain my weight I don't lose the weight but I can maintain something that just never really felt possible for the longest time and I wanted to share this story, like I said, because I wanted to I wanted to show you what's possible with time and consistency and where I was and where I am now. And there's a few things to note of this. And the first one is that my entire life has drastically changed. And you've probably heard this before that it's never just about weight loss. And it's such a cliche, but it's so true to the point that I truly don't believe that I'm the same person that I was. And then when I look back in photos and videos of myself and I, I, I almost feel like a sense of disconnect from who, who Chelsea was four years ago. And I'm going to be completely honest that I almost don't remember what it was like to be that person. I, I find it really difficult to remember the emotions. There's some things that stand out to me. I remember feeling like motherhood was felt worse. I remember feeling trapped in my body. I remember feeling like a failure I remember wanting to hide and I remember 
feeling like I was broken. Those things are very, very distinct to me. But what it actually felt like to look in the mirror and see something that I didn't like or at least was neutral about and to be constantly thinking about my body, I don't remember what that feels like. I don't have to think about, I don't constantly think about my body now. Like when I look in the mirror, I'm definitely analyzing my muscles. <laughs> I'm definitely looking and saying like, yo, did I, you know, did I make some gains? Did, like, am I still looking lean or anything like that? I'm still, I still have to make a decisions about what food I'm going to eat and what I'm not when I, when I go out and how lenient I'm going to be with myself. And I've got to be intentional about doing the things that allow me to live my life well, like going to the gym and all of that stuff. But it's a very different way of living. And my actions now feel consistent with who I want to be most of the time. And so the the thing that always kind of baffles me with this is that it happened so slowly and it happened in such small, mundane, boring steps it's such a weird thing to look back and almost not remember who you are, but to know that you have made the kind of changes that now people want to know about. And I recognize that I'm now in a position that is envious to a lot of people, maybe even yourself. And my story feels interesting and it's fun and it's motivating and it's like, wow, like look how far you've come. But during it, it was so boring and unremarkable. I ate ugly food I ate stews and I ate mashed potato and I ate things that you would not put on Instagram it really wasn't remarkable is what I'm trying to say like I would hop on the scales and I would see tiny amounts of progress and then I would know that I had so far to go I would eat my big bowl of potatoes my big salads with my homemade hummus and with a tiny bit of tahini because I was scared of it and I would eat that and then I would look online and I would see people with their beautiful bowls of food who were slim. And I couldn't see how that was ever going to be me. It felt so far away. It felt so slow. But it happened. And it happened because I just did the same really boring, really unremarkable thing over and over and over until... I had undeniable proof that I was completely transformed. And I think we're always looking for something a lot more interesting. I think we're looking for things to feel like we're progressing in the moment. I think we're looking for big milestones. I think we're looking for the kind of feeling that we get when we see transformations on the internet. You know that feeling. You open up a reel and it's someone who was struggling with their weight. Maybe they were like losing hair and they, you see their before, you see the videos, you see maybe they were an alcoholic or whatever. And then you see the after and they're running a marathon and it, you get this feeling of hope. You get this feeling of, wow, like, look what I can do. Like, this is inspiring. This is amazing. But day to day, you, you, it doesn't feel that way. It truly doesn't. And I, I want to encourage you with this because there is something very, very powerful about being able to be slowly, boringly unremarkable for what feels like forever and then suddenly having overnight success. 
or what it will look like to everyone else. And over that unremarkable, what feels slow time, your habits are going to completely change. And if I, if I could give one gift to myself and I can give one to gift to anyone who is listening, it would be to just do that same boring thing over and over and over again. It went, once you know it's working, once you have a system that works for you, just, just do it again and again and again. And if it's not working, change it. But expect that journey to take an inordinate amount of time. Expect things to feel slow. Expect them to be boring. Expect there to not be a spark. Expect it to feel very, very mundane. Because if you can do that, then you can win. You can be successful. And the people who don't are the people who focus so much on intensity. And they do short bursts of high amounts of energy and activity they diet they juice fast they juice cleanse they do 75 hard or any of these things but then they can't sustain any of those habits and I want you to ask yourself is what I'm doing is it something I can do for the rest of my life is it something that just kind of can at some point blend into the background of how boring it is and if not then maybe that's where you need to actually make some changes And the only thing that is holding you back from insane transformation is consistency and time and having the right kind of frameworks. And if you don't know what they are, then that's why I created a free mini course for you. I'm going to plug it here because that's, it's literally why I created it because I don't believe that anyone should go through life with the lack of information that I had, that if I had to watch the mini course that I created now, I would understand how weight loss works. I would know how to build weight loss meals. I would know what to eat and avoid. I would know where I would be going wrong. I would know how to get out of all or nothing thinking to stop that binging cycle. And I would have just implemented it and I would have gotten here years and years and years earlier if I had just known about this. And for someone else, maybe it's that they actually do know what to do and they they need more accountability. There's a lot of things that I have accountability for in my life because I won't do them if I don't. So we've got to have systems that do actually work for us. But while we're going through them, they're not going to feel fun. So I'm going to leave it at that. I hope that you found this inspiring. I hope that you can look and see my story that there are elements where it's just it is just really boring and it is really it is just really in some ways like unremarkable and I and and I just I just did something for a longer period of time than what I'd done before and was able to stick with it. And everyone who I know who has had some kind of remarkable transformation is in the same boat. Very boring, very slow, nothing groundbreaking, and they just do it over and over again. And that's what it takes. All right. I hope you found this helpful. If you need extra help on your journey, then my team and I would love to work with you in our program. We have a coaching program to help you build lifelong habits so that you can not only lose the weight, but keep it off. That is our highest priority with our program and everything is designed around that. So if you need help, you can look at the link in my bio. And if you like this episode, I would love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps to get this message out And it really helps people to know that this is a podcast that can change their life if they listen to it and apply it. I I looked at about eight reviews that I got last week and they all made me nearly cry. So I do read every single one. It, It really does. It helps me and it helps everyone else. So please go give that a go. Um, yeah. 
it's helpful. And I will see you next week for another episode. Bye.